We're going home now. And never, ever, under any circumstances known to God, speak about this again. Is that clear? It is now merely a future therapy bill, agreed? Ellie! I'll never mention it again. We make a pact. Right here and now we take this to our grave. Agreed. Julie? Don't you noise your head, you fucking say it! Yeah, okay. We take this to our grave! Let me hear it! Let it go, Barry! You fucking say it! Okay, Barry, we take this to the grave. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of the greatest moments in the history of forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 149. I know what you did last summer. I am very excited about this episode. I don't know how into it you were until we went and saw this in the theater for a classic movie night recently. Not the movie, but the idea of doing it for the show. Yeah, not at all, really. Yeah, the AMC Classic Movie Nights have a huge effect on what episodes we choose oh, to man. do. Oh, man, I had such a fun time seeing it in the theater, too. I really do enjoy this movie quite a bit, and I feel like it's obviously embarrassing at this point, but in 97, I found this movie to be quite creepy. How old were you in 97? I was in middle school, sixth grade. Well, okay, I mean, that makes sense. Because um, this movie is not remotely scary not now yeah well <laughs> at all now i have a different appreciation for it it's so entertaining and funny and fun and crazy and over the top but when i was in middle school first of all it was kind of like one of those things where like i knew a kid in class who like somehow saw this in the theater he saw the matrix in the theater and i was just like what the fuck how is this kid seeing like rated r movies in the theater right but he like explained the plot to me to this and just that <laughs> creeped me out you know you're kind of like nostalgic for that time in life <laughs> being able to be like freaked out by something this dumb i don't know man i will put this on maybe not once a year but every couple of years it makes me nostalgic for a time it came out in 97 the year after scream and i think before we even say anything i do want to reiterate this movie is nowhere near as good as scream scream is like a great movie this is an entertaining movie that has taken on a new life as, like, unintentionally hilarious. Uh, yeah, but there's a lot of times that I would rather watch this than Scream. I love I the mean, setting of this I mean, that's fair enough, but, yeah. I mean, you can't debate it, though. Scream is just better. It's well, just yeah. a better movie. Well, Scream is a satire. Yeah. And this is not. True. This okay, was designed right. to be a straightforward slasher, and I would say that... For me now, a lot of the entertainment comes from unintended sources now. Okay, yeah, but, I mean, written by the same dude. Yes. So, I mean, I think some so of this So you're saying that funny. he thought some of this was funny even then at the time. The DVD that I own has, like, a review on it or something saying, like, 
something about like this is fun with plenty of laughs. Yeah. It seems like that's always kind of been a part of it. Yeah, I mean, okay. Everything I was reading about it, it was saying seem... that this was more straightforward. Yeah. That they weren't trying to do like a satire, like scream or anything. Well, I don't think satire, but I do think that like some of the over the top parts might be. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess it's always fun to write that in to be entertaining. I mean, do you think Barry is a completely straight role, a completely <laughs> straight performance? It's definitely not a normal performance, but okay, imagine that the target audience is teens, young adults. Right. This is showing in 97. Do you think people were laughing? I don't really think people were yeah, laughing I'm with then. You. I, I agree with that. But, but when we saw this this past summer at Lowe's, I mean, people were laughing a lot. And not just yeah. at Barry. Right. There's a lot of funny moments throughout it. I will say, actually, the people we saw it with, not that went with us, but that were sitting around us, were almost too annoying about it, though. They were making it, like, not fun for me. They were, like, laughing at stuff that wasn't even really fun. I don't there was a couple that. of pe- yeah yeah there was a couple of people that were like too <laughs> into it and I consider myself a pretty big fan of this movie. <laughs> Directed by Jim Gillespie, written by Kevin Williamson, who we've alluded to, who wrote Scream and Dawson's Creek. And- Although an adaptation. Yeah, it's an adapted from a 1973 novel by Lois Duncan, and it also mixes in elements of the urban legend The Hook, which is a famous, probably the most famous teen horror urban legend. It should be noted that Duncan was opposed to the slasher reworking of her book. Her daughter was murdered in 1989, and they never found out who did it. And so that was something traumatic that happened in her life. And then eight years later, they're like, let's make a slasher movie with teens getting murdered. Uh, Yeah, Because the book is not really like the movie at all, other than... They hit somebody with True. their car. That's really the only part that's the same. We often joke on this show about books that you've read that I have not read. Shockingly enough, this also on that list, right? Haven't you mentioned to me that you Yeah, we read had to this read this school, for school, yeah. Which is kind of weird. I thought it was weird, too, and I was agreeing with you, but when I was doing my research for this episode, the director, Gillespie, said that when they were auditioning girls to be in this movie... He had never read the book at that point, mm-hmm. but he said 60 to 65% of the girls they were wow. seeing had okay. read this. And I have to imagine that's because other people were reading it in school. I guess I'm out of touch. Yeah. It seems odd for a school book, and it is, but it's not as odd as you think because there's some horror elements in the book, but not like this. It's Right. People aren't really getting murdered in it. <laughs> there's attempted murders, but... All four of them live oh, wow. in okay. the book. Yeah. I mean, it's Good not, and they actually do kill somebody, which is also weird. Yeah, that's true. That is kind of strange. So the main characters in the book are ultimately more hateable, I guess, than they end up making these kids. But <laughs> yeah, these ones not hateable at all, <laughs> particularly Barry. Well, they do a, a job of protecting the two that live in a way that's almost so obvious it's annoying where you're just like really how convenient Uh, that this all worked out although i i I don't know i have i would do a in defense of helen shivers i think i'm not feeling i can't wait to talk about helen and her family (laughs) (laughs) there is a lot i know going on there i love how every character in this seems to only have one parent well 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't. You know. only this... ever see Julie's mom. You right. only ever see Helen's dad. You only ever see Barry's mom. And they mention Ray's. Dad. And they mention that Ray never really knew his dad. Well, yeah. Well, I knew he worked on the boats. I knew he worked the docks. Yeah, but that's all I knew. Yeah. <laughs> God, how bad is Freddie Prince? Oh, he's so he stinks. Like one thing that I really honed in on this last viewing that I never paid attention to before really is like. If you watch the facial reactions he's making to things, <laughs> not in scenes where he like when he's not talking and other people are, <laughs> his facial reactions are just so bizarre. We should point out that Freddie Prince Jr. bewildered met Sarah Michelle Gellar on this movie and they got married five years later or whatever, yeah. and they're still okay. together. But they well, only ever have one or two lines said to each other. They don't speak to each other as characters. You can really movie. see the sparks. You know, see the chemistry there. <laughs> They did do Scooby-Doo together at one point. One and two, I think. Yeah. I'm not super familiar with the cast of two. Okay. I didn't know if they replaced <laughs> people or not. No, or... I think Fred and Velma. I've never seen either. Me neither. Well, I think Cardellini was in it, right? Yes. And what's his face from Scream? Matthew Lillard. Yeah. So we had him and Freddie Prince teaming back up again for the first time since Summer Catch. <laughs> was that after Summer Catch? I don't know. And I, I actually think they were in another, like sci-fi movie together too where they were both like you know whatever starship captains or whatever starship oh, that pilots. sounds like a winner was that yeah. theatrical it was yeah <laughs> okay 17 million dollar budget 125.2 million box office so how about that almost as big as scream well about 50 million short but for rushing this into production after the success of scream i mean it worked this, with Scream, relaunched the slasher genre for a whole new generation, which had was pretty much dead by 96. Yeah. Well, this was kind of in the heart of just the teen stuff in general, too. Yeah. You know, we had all the pop bands and everything. And I, all the teen movies that we always talk about, Right, obviously. yeah, it's just, it was just that era. Yeah, it was a great era. Absolutely. <laughs> now, I don't know, did Dawson's Creek start shortly after this i believe it was around the same you time. definitely see some of the strands here i mean this whole like cape side type town i mean cape yeah, like a beach town, town in dawson's the carolinas Creek, yeah. and they call the beach they go to dawson's beach right in this yeah seems like a reference so let's jump into the actual movie itself we got a lot to talk about absolutely <laughs> it's a very rich text for an hour and 40 this. minute yeah, teen horror movie right. there's so much to talk about <laughs> So it was the summer of 96 when we begin. It's the time period that the writers at Spin Magazine wished lasted forever. The <laughs> glorious 90s, you oh, know, yeah. right in the blur, <laughs> oasis, oh, whatever. Yeah. Right. Everyone's living the 90s dream. It's the like Yankees were getting good again. An episode of Portlandia come <laughs> to life. <laughs> but yeah, okay, so the epic opening. Oh my, I love this. I want to say, like, I don't think I loved a cover for a movie as much as this until the Karen O immigrant song for Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah. I'm going to say it's a topic I've never thought of. No, no. Yeah. I mean, this (laughs) covers for movies. Right. I mean, this is not something that stuck with me at any point, but I do think that this opening is awesome it seems like it belongs to a completely different type of movie you're not really seeing these kind of shots in teen horror movies so what it is it's a helicopter shot up the coast at sunset yeah the cover that we're referring to is summer breeze performed by typo negative it's very crazy sounding 
I know that they shot some of this stuff in California. Oh, this coast stuff is definitely California. And then, I think all the town stuff is North Carolina, but this this road along the coast. I know it's so weird that they set this in Carolina and they filmed a lot of it there. Yeah, but then they they do this all this cliff material in California, right. and there's no place in anywhere up the East Coast really that, that looks, looks like, like this. this. Yeah, I know. I don't really understand what the thought process there was. Right. I mean, I guess they were looking for a very specific style of a thing, but you could have reworked the story pretty easily to make it work. The cliff is not essential to any of it, really. Well, no, not the cliff, but that road that winds around. That's where There's the no windy happened. roads. I, I, all right, I'm with you. Listen, I don't want to be on this side of the argument, okay? I just don't understand. I mean, it looks cool. It does. But, yeah, if you think about it for two seconds, you're like, well, where is this? Yeah, that whole beach area and everything looks like the West Coast. It does not look like the East Coast at all. I think it's cool that the typo negative song transitions out of it into that score pretty seamlessly because then it's like, dun, dun. Dude, I'm telling dun, you, man, dun. this opening shot gives me chills i love it like i know what you did last summer and then the names jennifer love hewitt freddie prince jr you know it's like Sarah a who's Michelle who of has been ryan Phillippe. i'm just like yes i'm in and then we start getting into the lower cast and you're like johnny galecki and hesh you know what i mean i'm just like yes i'm a hundred percent in on this so there's an emo dude up on this cliff very melancholy right he's flipping around this silver thing which I guess comes into play, but I don't really know what it is. I think it has That's true. the girl's I mean, yeah. initials on it. I don't know it, what you would call that. I, I don't know what it is. It's building this tension as if someone is coming or something. Yeah, I mean, it, this is the most impractical emo thing to do, but you kind of see this in things. I mean, it's like in the original Twin Peaks series where James just goes to like sit on a cliff and stare out into nothingness. Yeah. But this dude is like sitting legs draped over the ocean from way high up i I don't know i mean it it feels like this is probably not a very smart thing to do completely on your own there's a sudden explosion of fourth of july fireworks lighting up the skyline but i would say that as we transition from this guy on the cliff into the fourth of july celebrations that we've planted some seeds of something happening we get a look at this guy which in my opinion, factors in a lot later, and yet they, oh, the, they expect yeah, the audience to just this, ignore but, this, yeah. but whatever. We, we see what this guy looks like. And like I said, the way that they shoot him from behind and then he like turns around like real quick, like he hears something, yeah. it's planting the seed that something is happening, but you don't really know what. So then it transitions into this 4th of way, July thing. For an hour and 40-minute movie, it feels like they build so much into like what is actually supposed to be happening that you kind of lose sight of it when they're going through this whole mystery and like trying to figure out who the killer is and everything. When you take a step back and you're like, okay, this is what's actually happening. You can yeah. kind of get lost in it. Yeah. And plus if you're familiar with the book, which I would imagine that a certain percentage of the people seeing this, I would say in 97, 60 to 65%. Yeah. 60 to 65% of the kids seeing this in 97, that I think is going to make you even more confused later because it's, completely different yet they almost are like faking out that it's the same but i don't know there's a weird twist to it so we see this pageant for croaker queen yeah not a great name for a beauty pageant (laughs) sarah michelle geller on stage looking like a snack and of course she wins (laughs) talk about voluptuous (laughs) that's Uh, an interesting pronunciation (laughs) 
Volump Volump <laughs> Say it say it the right way. Volup. Voluptuous. Yeah. Volump. <laughs> well, it's appropriate for a croaker queen. <laughs> well, they're commenting I mean Well yeah. Freddie Prince Jr. and Ryan Phillip are talking about her body. Yeah, these dogs. Meanwhile, think, Jennifer Love Hewitt right there. Yeah, and this opening dialogue with her saying like I'm on sexist overload, kill the commentary. You're just like, oh, no. Well, okay, yeah. Not because what she's saying is wrong. Back up. Don't think that I'm, like, supporting the sexist commentary. What I'm just saying, like, the way too cutesy dialogue. Oh, sure. Where you're, well, that was a Kevin Williamson trademark I know, a bit. but do we really believe Jennifer Love Hewitt saying this? Right. How many times <laughs> a week do you walk your dog? <laughs> We're not doing a Dawson's Creek. <laughs> rehash yet but i do think there's something about sarah michelle geller in this scene in particular that seems a little unreal yeah okay <laughs> we agree then we're gonna definitely turn this into a pig cast at various points well, i mean, I mean how could you not yeah we were the right age for these ladies yeah, i mean I, I mean i've often said jennifer love hewitt in 97 is like my number one of all time <laughs> i'm glad you're often saying that <laughs> So the rest of the main cast is watching Sarah Michelle Gellar during this beauty pageant. And we have some They're foreshadowing up in the bal- here. Balcony. Yeah, watching from the balcony. So let's go through the character names so that we can stick to that. So Helen Shivers is played by Sarah Michelle Gellar. Julie James, played by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Barry Cox, played by Ryan Philippe. And Ray Bronson, played by Freddie Prinze Jr. So the four of them... names. Yeah, I know. The four Cox, of them... Cox, Bronson... James Shivers. Shivers is the best last name ever. I do like that, yeah. (laughs) So the four of them hang out afterwards, post-victory celebration, a lot of casual teen drinking pretty easily, I guess, at this event. Right. Barry seems pretty loaded already. A guy who works at one of the restaurants is just sort of able to serve shots to other underage. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess, (laughs) you know, that's it's a quaint fishing village. Yeah. We meet Helen's sister, Elsa, played by Bridget Wilson-Sampras. This is crazy to me. Who I'm pretty sure was not Wilson-Sampras at the time. She's married to Pete Sampras. Yeah, I don't think so. Veronica Vaughn. Yes. That Veronica Vaughn is one piece of ace. I know from experience, dude. You know what I mean? No, you don't. Well, not me personally, but a guy I know. Him and her got it on. Woo-wee! <laughs> no, they didn't. No, 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 they didn't. But you can imagine what it'd be like if they did, right? Huh? Huh? <laughs> well, this is the thing. I don't know what year Billy Madison came out. Two years before this. She Does, does she not seem older in Billy Madison yeah. than this? Yeah, and it's fun to think about that she's the same character. I know. (laughs) So, like, she was a teacher two years earlier, and things went awry for her, too. That's why, like, both her and her sister are living at home. (laughs) But these two are fucking cold. Oh, my God. They hate each other. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I have a lot to say about it later. Cutthroat. Because, yeah, she says some bitchy things to her now. Oh, I know. The best But it gets so much worse. Yeah. (laughs) I, I'm sure you have probably have it written down. I have it written down. No, I don't have the exact line written down, so you can bring that up when okay. we get there. Yeah. But I have some thoughts on it. Yeah, I, I didn't write these two down, but they, they're pretty sharp with each other in this exchange. I'd love to know the backstory. 
as to why they hate each other so much. Yeah, I don't know. It's really crazy and over the top. You also meet Max, played by Johnny Galecki. Clearly has a thing for Julie. There's a lot of tension because <laughs> yeah, of this. Yeah, not really holding back. <laughs> They're graduating, and now everyone's going to be scattered off in all directions, and so Max is shooting his shot, I guess. Well, the Max character does get me thinking about that whole thing of, especially when you're younger and like a girl is is dating someone and it's just like yeah why not well why don't you just be unapologetic about your pursuit because if it ever doesn't work out you're sort of in line as a consideration now i could never bring myself to be a max character but i do think it's a tactic that can be effective (laughs) yeah for certain types of people (laughs) not everybody i know it probably has the opposite effect of what you're saying most of the time well, we'll where see. they're just disgusted. I don't know, man. I've seen some pretty like dweeby loser dudes just play this type of game. And, I mean, it's certainly not sustainable for the long term, yeah. but I've seen some guys kind of sneak some time in there. So after Barry almost beats the shot of Max because he's drunk, before them, <laughs> Barry's just trying to beat everyone up all the head time. over to Dawson's Beach, which obviously is a little connection to Dawson's Creek, which was also created by... Kevin Williamson, who wrote the script for this movie. The four of them are hanging out on this beach, taking turns telling different variations of the same urban legend, The Hook. And I mean, you're kind of like getting a little, for those of us familiar with this era, we also have the horror slasher movie, Urban Legend, which they mention this same story in, I think. I'm sure Urban Legend came out after this, though. Oh, I know. I'm just saying, but I, it definitely Yeah. But I just, you know, for those of us who are familiar with this era. Oh, right. You know, yeah. this resonates. That's the thing. I don't really connect the original Lois Duncan novel with that urban legend at all. And so that's yeah, I, the slasher element that they've fused ideas from right. that into the story. Anyway. Yeah, moving on. Eventually, the four of them couple off. Barry is with Helen. Ray is with Julie, which I don't think we've really mentioned that yet. I guess that when they're separated into their little couples here, this is the moment that Julie decides to give it up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Before we do that, I want to mention even in Helen's fantasy of the future with Barry. Oh, I know. This I She's know accounting we're... for his inevitable stint, stint in, in rehab. rehab. Yeah. That's so funny. I know. <laughs> that made me laugh even when I was watching it last night getting ready for this. Are you to take then that Julie Jennifer Love Hewitt's character is a virgin up until That's this moment. That's the way moment. I was reading it, yeah. So she's f- chosen the 4th of July to give it up to Ray. Well, you know, it's an emotional night. One Her of the weird won the Croker pageant. Aspects of this movie is how they act like the 4th of July is the beginning of summer. They do that in both summers. That is strange, especially when you're leaving like a college semester, which probably would have ended like three months before this. Yeah. In this summer in 96, like after the Croker Queen thing, Barry's like... It does feel like a very school's out. Yeah, Barry's like, oh, one last summer, wild debauchery, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, haven't you been on summer vacation for like a month already? And then the next year, they're like one year later, as if the 4th of July is like right when you get out of college. Well, I mean, (laughs) even like trying to buy these four as friends... It's kind of tough. Yeah. Which is a part of, particularly with Ray. It's hard to really understand how the Barry-Julie dynamic worked. Oh, I know. Because they're not a couple. Right. That's Ryan Philippe and Jennifer Love Hewitt. And 
they clearly hate each other. Or at least, like, Barry hates Julie. There's some sort of tension there that comes out, especially when we get to the next summer. It's like, were they ever friends? Yeah. Did they ever like each other? What's the connection here? Now, I do enjoy, and we'll certainly get to it, but I I actually really enjoy the Julie-Helen when they go on their side quest in the movie. Like, when they get back together, the two of them, and they go out to visit Anne Hesh. I I enjoy their little segment together okay (laughs) you do not no i mean i do but there isn't really a lot of like talking about the past or anything you don't really get a sense of a relationship and then they didn't talk to each other for a whole year julie and ray on the beach imagine how great this movie would be with the jennifer love hewitt topless scene right here i mean would this not be legendary at this point yeah for me this movie is already an a plus that would put it in an a plus plus for me Especially since she never did any nudity. Yeah, kind of shocking, especially for someone who played a character who gives professional hand jobs. It was more than in a that. TV show. More well, than that. True. Yeah, she was offering <laughs> companionship. She gives it up to Ray. All things considered, though, this night is really going to turn into a hell of a lost my virginity story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Remember when we fucking killed that guy, right. and I lost my virginity. <laughs> Barry's too drunk to drive, so Ray drives his car. You can see where this is headed. Oh, yeah. I think Ryan Phillippe, for as over-the-top and as fucking crazy as he is in this movie, I think he does a pretty good job of playing this fucking asshole jock dude. I love this whole... Verging on sociopath. Yeah, nobody drives my car but me. I mean, I knew fucking dudes like that, (laughs) you know? So while they're driving, Barry's a distraction. Ray hits something in the road. (laughs) They pull over. It's like a huge collision basically well, uh, and then they get out and he's like it must have been a dog or something <laughs> i'm like what well that's the thing barry's just being a complete ass got the sunroof open like woo, like drops the bottle of booze down in the car <laughs> but when they hit at this point whatever it is the thing clearly comes rolling up over the hood over barry you know what i mean <laughs> like he, well, yeah because he's got blood on his I face know, he thinks it's a dog that's a big ass dog. <laughs> yeah, it's like you it makes know, you the wonder beast from Sandlot. what Helen's home life is like. Where that this is the kind of guy that she wants to date. Well, I mean, true. he is a mess. Well, I mean, he was the quarterback, and you know, <laughs> I mean, going to college to play football. We're definitely going to see evidence of some rage issues. I mean, do you think he's not beating her up? I mean, come on, yeah, but I mean, it was the nineties. <laughs> That was just expected of your team's quarterback. It happened, you know. Or what the hell is this crap? I don't know. Is everybody okay? Oh. Yeah. It was an animal. God, you're bleeding. It's not mine. It must have been a dog or something. Jesus Christ, my fucking car! You fuck! 
Can't you see where you're going? Look, it came out of nowhere. I didn't see it. Dog couldn't have done that. Yo, well, fucking deer could. Look, you dropped your bottle. I was just trying to... My dad's gonna freak in my ass. an accident. Leave him alone. Where is it? If it was a deer, then where is it? Maybe it ran off. I hope so. I hope we didn't kill it. Fuck that. Let's go. Oh, my God. No way. Oh, my God. But I thought... I didn't see it. No, there's no way. Oh, my God, this isn't happening. Check that side. Yeah. Come on. Help me. No way! You're the one who rammed it! Just do it! I think he's dead. So they get out of the car. They're trying to look for what they hit. They this dis- part just <clears throat> makes me think. They discover the boot. One of my on hardest laughs for some reason throughout my entire life <laughs> is scary movie. The parody of this when they pull up the boot and it's like, it's a boot. <laughs> Where's the foot? <laughs> so stupid, but I love it. Oh my god, what was that? I think we hit something. Look at my car, man! My dad's gonna freak! I didn't see it. It it came out of nowhere. Oh my god, we hit a boot! Where's the foot? Where the I will say the first time seeing scary movie like in a packed theater had to be sold out. And I mean, everyone was just losing their minds laughing. It was so funny. So now it's freak out city because they realize they've hit somebody. They're well, yeah, look at the grill of the car, by the way. You think a dog did that? It's completely <laughs> caved in. They're searching for what they hit. They find the boot. They find the body. Immediately start jumping to all kinds of wild conclusions about what's going to happen. No matter who was driving, we're all going to fry. I'd be, if I was one of those chicks, I'd be like, well, I'm not. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what did I do? Was, yeah, I mean, if you're Sarah Michelle Gellar, I'd just be like, I'm fucking Miss Croker 97. <laughs> yeah the two chicks should just be like well we're walking home now we were never in this car and you can't prove it (laughs) just get out of it i mean it makes sense though i mean they're supposed to be like 18 or whatever they're panicking barry's super drunk no one saw what happened so their cops might assume he was driving since it's his car ray's insecure because he doesn't come from money like the rest of them so (laughs) because coming from money gets you out of manslaughter it can. It can. It certainly doesn't hurt. Right. <laughs> We're gonna fry no matter who takes the fall. Then we leave right now. No way! Are you crazy? The grill's busted. There's blood everywhere. We can clean it up. Come on. 
Listen to yourselves. No, we are going to the police. We don't have time for your shit. You understand? We gotta move fast. Hey, let's try to stay calm. Focus. Don't you get it? If there's some of him on the car, there's some of the car on him. They're gonna trace it back to you. You're looking at a hit and run. Then we dump the body. You've lost it. But just pretend we were never here. We could drag him to the water and dump him in. They wouldn't find the fucker for weeks. By that time, all the evidence would be washed away. You found him at all? The currents are strong. The, the undertow could carry him out to sea. I won't be any part of it. Look, I'm scared, Julie. Look, I'm not like the rest of you. I don't have the family or the money to get me out of this. Please. This is your future, Julie. Think about it. College? Your scholarship? The guy's already dead. If we go to the police, we're dead too. In the immediate aftermath, I mean, almost right away, this is where Barry's unbridled rage starts oh, yeah. to come out. Just screaming in Julie's face <laughs> over and over. It's so funny. I'm trying to remember the initial dialogue here. I think he says, like, we don't have time for this shit or something. like That's, like, the first <laughs> thing. I mean, there's no way not to laugh at this. And yeah. everyone laughed in the theater when we saw it recently, and then... In the couple times I've watched this to get ready for this podcast, I laughed every time. Well, there's it's a so series good. of interactions between these two. Ultimately, Barry is the one pushing to dump the body and just right. act like this never happened from the beginning. We and Julie is like the one that's mostly the holdout. She's the good girl of the group or whatever. Yeah, and part of it is a moral thing, but also part of it from her stance seems to be like, they're going to trace this back to us anyway. You know what I yeah. mean? Like she's being logical about it too, and Barry's yeah. Just but like, I always take we that we can clean it up. <laughs> I always take that as like she's trying to appeal to them, what they're gonna think. Yeah, yeah. Like she obviously is a good person and doesn't want to do this, but that's not working. So she's got to like appeal to right. another side of them, which is the logic side. All of a sudden, here comes Max driving up the road. He sees that the car's wrecked, but they act like. Barry's just puking. Daddy's going to be mad. <laughs> I will say Max in this movie is so weird. I know. And it's strange to think that because of like Big Bang Theory and everything, like Galecki is by far the most successful <laughs> of all of these people now. Oh, man. It's like such That's a bummer true, yeah. for the four leads of this movie. Right. But, yeah, he's definitely a creep. Yes. And clearly he's not rich either. No. Because he's driving like a truck, but then he also is a fisherman like Ray. Later well, yeah, in the movie. and he's, he kind of has a little bit of a chip on his shoulder when it comes to Ray getting Julie because, you know, I feel like he's like, me and Ray are cut from the same cloth. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> why, yeah, why shouldn't I get her? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen Ray? Have you seen Freddie Prince Jr. in 97? <laughs> he may look like a dope, but he's still got better looks than you. So the four of them decide to dump the body into the ocean, I guess. I'm not really sure. It's like a bay. Yeah. I don't really know. I'm saying it's the ocean. It's yeah. off of a pier. There's some more uncertainty. I would have liked to see them loading him into the car. <laughs> like, yeah, sometimes these movies, they cut out so some like, of the things. So, like, is he laying in the back seat, like, across, like, Sarah Michelle Gellar's lap, or... Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. You don't really have a sense of how close this pier is to where they are. I can't imagine they carried him all the way down <laughs> Just there. walking on the, along the road. 
more of Barry screaming because Julie is just like, I, we can't do this. <laughs> this is what I love, though. Like, Ray very much throughout this process was going along with Barry because it's just like, we can't have this pin back on me. Like, I'll be fucked. And then when they get to the end of the dock where they need to just push the body in the water. So they've taken it all this way. Ray's like, I don't think I can do it. I know, but I note the acting here. He takes like a half a step in with his body. <laughs> it's just like, I don't think I can. As if something's yeah. like holding him back. <laughs> Physically, he right. can't do it. Yeah, I think Barry is like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> just screaming in her face. Yeah. I love that he just is so verbally abusive and Ray does nothing. I know. Ever. Well, I did always take this whole like series of events with Barry had like a long-term impact on Julie's relationship with Ray. Oh, well, yeah. But the movie makes it seem that they broke up just because of this event. Yeah, I Like know. they killed this guy or whatever. But I think we but, know. <laughs> yeah, there definitely How seems like there's back? a lot of cracks now. So right as they're about to push him in, I think Helen jumps in and is like, I'll do it with you, Barry, rather than Ray. Right. The corpse, who, you know, we assume is a corpse, reaches up and grabs the crown from Helen's head. Right. The Croker Queen crown. Now, this to me would be like a discussion piece for the group after all of this goes down. You would think that we would stop right then and be like, oh shit, he's not dead. Right. But that's not how anybody reacts. I know. Ever. Not only do they not react that way, they go on the next year of their lives (laughs) acting like this part never happened. So yeah, in the immediate aftermath of of the guy reaching up and grabbing the crown, he gets kicked off of the pier. Barry screams, but he's like more annoyed. It's like an annoyed scream. He's got to go get her crown. He's just like, ah, like I can't believe it. And then he jumps in to go after the crown. He swims down. The guy is like floating, floating in the water. Way underwater. It feels like they're so deep in the water. Yeah. And he's holding the crown. And as Barry reaches to grab for it, the guy's eyes open. Jump scare. Now, it's like, well, he's not dead. Hello. He grabbed a crown. This killer does have a very like (laughs) the Undertaker type moments, you know, where he does like the sit up. His moveset. Yeah. Yeah. So he grabs the crown. He ends up taking it back the up. The guy stays, again, I, I don't know how you do this, where you just are able to, like, suspend yourself so far underwater. Because yeah. the camera lingers there. He's just staying however far underwater, eyes open, looking up. Yeah. And as a, a viewing audience, we're like, okay, well, he's not dead. Yeah. I mean, th- this is way confirmed. I don't really know why they chose to do this other than to get some cheap scares out of it. Yeah. Because it, it logically it doesn't make sense. Right. Those are the issues you run into when you're making a horror movie and why I can say with such confidence that this movie is not good. And it's not as good as Scream. <laughs> you can't do stuff like this and then just be like, it doesn't matter. No, it does matter. Everything matters. You can't just act like we didn't just see him be alive two seconds ago. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. I know. Or if you want to like make it so that the audience knows he's alive, don't do anything where the characters know. Well, you would think the four of them would be like, do you think that guy wasn't really dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just insane. Like, I just don't get it. Like, we've gone too far. We've committed... To dumping the body in the ocean, regardless yeah, like of he's alive. Barry's like going into his glove compartment to get a gun, and he's like shooting the guy. Yeah, and Julie because she's like Barry. He's clearly still alive. Julie, you shut your fucking bitch mouth. <laughs> 
fuck you, you choking her <laughs> again. So they make a pact. Again, more rage because Julie's not cooperating fast enough. She's not saying it out loud. And we never speak about this again. He's like, Julie! And she nods and he goes, You don't fucking nod! (laughs) You (laughs) say say the word! And this time he actually gets like physical because he's like pushing her her (laughs) to the car. Ray, again. Such a pussy does nothing. Not getting involved. Yeah, and there is a moment here after this all is over. Where she looks at him, Yeah, right? the way Julie looks oh, at yeah. Ray is just oof. She it's looks at chilling. him with what I can only describe as breakup eyes. She just gave Ray her flower. Right. But like, <laughs> Moments ago. And you just know this is a moment that there's no coming back from. Like, you might, yeah, like, maybe you'll get keep it going for another month or so, but it's just, you know. You never can recover right, from exactly. this. exactly. So now the movie cuts to one year later. I put in parentheses here, approximately question mark, <laughs> because it says one year later, but then it's like Julie is just leaving the dorms. It's like, know, it is she staying sense. at school until but July 3rd? I, I don't really but understand this. when she gets this. back, they do, it does seem like it's only like July 2nd. Yeah, I don't know. Based on the I wasn't sure events. how much time is supposed to pass. Like, like since when they're all back. back together in town. But yeah, it does seem like two days or something. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. I don't, I don't like it. It definitely reminds me a little bit of Big Little Lies season two in the sense that everything that has happened to these four characters is kind of a a different version of PTSD, except to maybe Barry, who seems like a psychopath who has right. no emotions yeah. other than rage. <laughs> he has one emotion and it's rage. Right. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of talk of Julie's paleness. Yes. Which it definitely seemed like a trope of 90s movies, not necessarily just horror or anything, but movies with like younger characters to have a black friend comment on a white friend's paleness. Okay. <laughs> Which this friend of Julie's does several times. Yeah. You're going to get a tan on your pale tail or something like that. I was thinking that this character was supposed to be the brandy character of i still know what you did last summer but they have different names well i never saw that so i don't know wow yeah i never Jack saw black it. and i still know what you either did last summer. i never saw either of the sequels to this movie i certainly haven't seen the the third one yeah we'll like talk about the dvd yeah we'll talk about yeah. the sequels later so the four have separated in this year both of the couples are now over complete disarray nothing seems to have worked out in life for any of them and this is all revealed like- effectively over time no effort to have any contact with each other it seems no including too much pain barry and julie attend the same school yeah i'm pretty sure which is a weird yeah but they have never run into a weird and unnecessary plot point because it doesn't really affect anything but what i mean when i say it's revealed over time the way they do this is great because we follow julie home and then her issues are apparent first and then as we go along we get one character at a time and we find out like all of the different yeah, yeah. things that have happened like the relationships are over we find out that the dreams have died and all of these different things <laughs> it's a little less than zero-esque <laughs> julie almost failed out of college and she looks like shit apparently oh yeah <laughs> that's what they keep saying even though i'm not buying it <laughs> i mean yeah, i have well, eyes like, you know she's having dinner with her mom i mean they're eating fish which seemed strange to me for well, the two of them I know it's they just, live in a fishing town. I, I know, which continues, and there's something I want to talk about Anne Hesh later, just cutting up a shitload of fish. <laughs> Do you notice that? When they go to the house... When I Julie didn't even think it was fish. I thought it was, I thought it was like other animals. I can't even remember Oh, now. maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. It just seems bizarre. Very hillbilly-esque. Well, yeah, but, I think she's supposed to be 
that type. Oh, yeah. But Julie's mom is like, are you on drugs out of the blue? This kind of resonated with me a little bit because I do remember, like, whenever I was sort of down or disconnected or whatever, my mom would always ask me if I was on drugs. Yeah, everybody's parents does that. I know. That's so weird. (laughs) That's not what I would think of when I think about somebody on drugs. Yeah, I don't know. Julie gets a note, and the note says in all capital letters, I know what you did last summer, exclamation point. I know. This is insane. Is this, I mean, way to suck out any horror out of this. It's Anything like laughing, remotely cry scary. face emoji. <laughs> it's like, who wrote this I know, with an exclamation I know point? what you did last summer, LOL, LOL. <laughs> Could they not have workshopped this, had like a group discussion it and say, weird. maybe we should get rid of the exclamation point? It looks <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, the, the period part of the exclamation point is a star or like a heart. <laughs> Yeah, it's all about presentation. I but mean, but I also like how her mom doesn't think it's weird at all because it's like she gets obviously we see as a viewing audience no return address or anything. Yeah, it's handed to Julie. Like no one reacts to that before. Well, then Julie's her. reaction is to be like upset immediately and run upstairs, and then the mom's just like, "Hey, wait!" And then, eh, whatever. <laughs> she said she wasn't on drugs, right. so yeah. who cares? Julie goes to find Helen. She goes. No, she to, wants to go get a phone number for Helen's New York. Right, so Helen wanted to be an actress, and she was going to go to New York to do this. So I guess like a Broadway actress or soap opera or something? I don't know. But Through her art, she was going to change the world. Right. So her family owns like a local department store type thing. Shivers Department Store. And so Julie goes there to find a phone number, and it turns out that New York City didn't work out. Fact check, Julie. (laughs) Elsa breaking the news to Julie. Oh, yeah. Look right over to your left. There's that idiot. <laughs> Check women's fa- fragrances. Sarah Michelle Gellar, as a tragic former beauty queen who peaked in high school, is definitely perfect casting. And I don't mean that as so. a slight. Dude, I because think I Sarah think, Michelle Gellar is really good in this movie, and I'm not kidding. Yeah, she's good, and she's definitely good looking. And she probably, okay, yeah. top to bottom, had a stronger career than Jennifer Love Hewitt, for sure. I will say there is nothing more tragic than that hat she wears later when <laughs> some of her hair is cut off. I like so, the hat. Yeah. <laughs> definitely some fun 90s outfits in this for the ladies. The jean short green tank top combo that Helen wears when they go see Missy is like off the charts. Oh, yeah. Good lord. <laughs> So Julie shows Helen the note, and Helen's response to the note is, we were so careful. <laughs> and I was just like, were you? Yeah, it doesn't what? feel like it, especially when you're dumping a body that's still alive. So Helen, obviously not the brightest. Right. Well, we know that. So her idea is to talk to Barry, who she's broken up with in the meantime. One of my favorite Barry appearances in the movie, when they're walking up oh, yeah. through his yard, and he's just like, what are you two doing here? Well, yeah, okay, so they're walking up. It's like they're hesitant and awkward, but they're just kind of – the way they're approaching his house is strange. I agree with that, yeah. It's like they're coming from, like, the yard, but, like, a back – you would assume a backyard I because know, it doesn't seem like – sticks out to me, too. A street or anything. Yeah. And he's up on this balcony wearing these shades, and he's like, hey, what are you doing here? <laughs> <laughs> you see Jennifer Love Hewitt and Sarah Michelle Gellar walking across right. your yard, and that's your reaction. <laughs> it must be nice to be buried, well, I, know, yeah. I guess. He's probably doing all right. Barry refuses to believe the note is in any way related to the guy they dumped in the ocean, <laughs> which, I mean, is I an unbelievable reaction. Summer, big deal. Ooh. <laughs> More screaming ensues. <laughs> yeah. Which I love that, yeah, and Julia's like, 
Well, we did murder a guy, and Barry's mom is like, "Shut right up!" <laughs> Pushes her off the balcony. <laughs> Julie says, "Hey, his name was David Egan." So now we know that. She's and she been tells doing some him research about three a weeks newspaper after. article saying that a body was found three weeks later, accidental drowning. So they're all kind of like, "Okay, well now there's a a name to this person." Right. Barry remembers Max coming along the road somehow, and he says. Has to be Max. Well, I think that would stick out to you. The night you well, he was the somebody. drunk one. I think it would be better if someone else brought it up. Okay, okay. So they're like, let's go find Max. They find him on the piers working as like a f- fisherman, I yeah. guess. Barry confronts like, Max. Can I get a word in private? <laughs> this is like a really embarrassing exchange, and I mean, really terrible, terrible dialogue for Galecki to have to uh, say here. First, when he says "motherfucker," it's like really weird. Yeah, well, that's true. But then he's like, I'll call the cops on your college quarterback ass. <laughs> oh, well, I think that's funny. Yeah. I know, but it's like, I mean, I guess you're interpreting this as like intentionally funny. I, I don't get that read from this. I oh, feel really? like okay. this is all serious. Well, I thought that line was supposed to be funny. I'll call you the cops on your college quarterback ass. <laughs> I don't know. Because it's just so pathetic. Yeah, okay, okay. I guess if we're laughing. I just feel like, I don't know. It's just, it's very weird. It's a very weird thing to say. It was true. Yeah. <laughs> and just sad. On the way out, the trio runs into Ray, and it I turns out this. Ray is a fisherman, too. Which, what do you think happened with Ray? Because what we last knew was, I think he was also supposed to go to New York City. Well, they intentionally keep a lot of Ray's story Somewhere a mystery doing... because he becomes the red herring at right. a certain point, which is very meta because it's teasing williamson's previous release was scream yeah yeah where billy loomis or what's his name yeah i think that's right yeah where he was nev campbell's boyfriend and you know the whole is he is he not the killer and then the fake out and scream and everything so they're definitely playing with that idea with ray for a lot of this movie even though but both the characters that were supposed to move to new york city he never went though helen went and came back yeah i think because i think once you find out what Ray was doing as far as like the Billy yeah, Blue yeah. stuff. Like, I think the idea is that he kind of just hung around. He that. was more affected by what happened than we knew. Right. He was kind of like Julie, where, well, because they really the try driver. to portray yeah. him and Julie as like really great people by the end of the movie, which is such a weird yeah, yeah. and sad thing to try to do. I so don't it's know. been a while since him and Julie have sort of touched base. Right. Is Freddie Prince Jr. in his black wife beater tank top the least believable fisherman of all time yeah i, I mean he looks like he's coming off of like an underwear ad <laughs> he's, he doesn't have any dirt oh, on him no yeah You're just like what what are we doing right ray obviously still carrying a torch for julie i mean that's not a surprise but yeah, she's not to... having it oh i know i love this too and I, I think this is i don't know if it's this part or it's like ray her, when they're at the... julie's vagina could not get any drier yeah, than yeah, when you fucking just stood there while Barry had his hands well, around her throat. And I love how she just has to let him know how over it is, too. Like, at the one part, she's just like, listen to me, Ray. I want you to get something. There is no you and me. A line that's been in only 10 million other <laughs> yeah. movies. I love it. But I just love that she's so has to put it out there like that. And then when they have this interaction on the dock, she just, like, scurries off. She runs away. So now they do the classic slasher movie move 
which is to kill off an unimportant side character first. Now, this was actually a late addition to the story and not in the original script, but they realized they needed to get another kill a scary in. moment, yeah. a kill in early. And I think in the original version, Max doesn't even die at all. But they have a, a figure in a hooded rain slicker kill Max with a giant hook that he picks up on the docks. Okay, all so right. Max is it. dead. Yeah, and Max is not the killer. Right. So they took any hint of him being a possibility right out of the equation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Next, Barry is alone at what has to be the strangest gym of all time. I mean, yeah, what South is this Port place? Muscle. I remember that stood out to it's me. It's such a yeah. weird-looking building, weird stuff in it. Well, and this is something that feels out of time. He's a college quarterback. He is an athlete. He works out a lot. But what he's doing in this like sequence is like kickboxing. Doesn't that just, just feel a bad so out of time That's right all. now? Though? From the 90s, you, you could so buy. like If he was an actual big-time college quarterback, I would feel like he'd be doing different things than this. I think so, yeah. <laughs> he goes back to his locker. There's Polaroids of his own car parked at that gym, meaning like somebody took a picture and then put the Polaroid right there, and it just says, I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ominous. The action then takes us outside. The mystery assailant hops into Barry's car and attempts to run him down. He Which somehow outruns the car for a while. Well, here's the thing. I'm almost not buying the fact that he didn't try to run more off the road. He's running straight in the middle of the road. It's he like, weaves a little bit. He's not like... I know. It seemed like there was The youngest of brother on Game of Thrones. Yeah. What's his face? <laughs> uh Rickon. Yeah, he's not like Rickon just running a straight line. He we, he he weaves a little bit and then he we, goes around like that gas pump thing I, I know, or whatever that is. I but it seemed like he had more opportunities to get like off the road altogether. Well, there always is in yeah, these okay. kind of scenes. Right. Can we just talk about the logic for a second though of what's going on in the gym right before this? Like, Barry goes to the front and there's that guy working there and he's like, yeah. "Anybody else come in here?" And the guy's just like, "Just me and you tonight." Meanwhile, there's clearly been all sorts of other noises. <laughs> not Barry, a guy in there. This guy turns out he's pretty good at just sneaking around. Oh, I know, which we find places. out later at Helen's house. <laughs> yeah. So then Barry's cornered by the car. The car comes at him. He jumps up onto the hood, and then the car crashes into like a wooden wall of some building or something. Yeah, yeah. A hooded man gets out wielding a hook, and then he stands over a dazed and Barry who's now pleading for his yeah, life. Yeah, typically stoic Barry. Yeah. Is now yeah, pleading for help. This scene stinks. Help me! It's so terrible because then it fades to black and cuts away. This is a fucking slasher movie. I know. You're setting up a scene that's supposed to be scary and then it just fades to black and goes to something. What is this? Yeah. A commercial break? I do kind of like the not killing him here thing. Yeah, I disagree with this killer's tactics, though. It's too much of a gamble to wait this long. Oh, I agree with that. This killer takes a lot of unnecessary risks. Because he's waiting for the anniversary, but it's like, come on. <laughs> you're giving away too much then before you're giving everyone a time to prepare or to potentially run away. Yeah, which I don't understand why the characters don't just run away. They make some half-assed thing like, we need to get our lives back. It's like, oh, God, come at on. Some no point, one would ever say that in real yeah, life. <laughs> well, yeah, the way that they decide to handle this later... It's just sort of nuts. But at some point, yeah, I'd like to go over like what the killer's whole plan was. Because he's very meticulous about certain things. And I, I don't know. It's like, well, like I'm going to make sure they all know I'm coming. Ray was I the come. one who was driving. It's like, what was the plan for Ray? 
for whatever reason, they picked Ray as the character to make the red herring, so we yeah. don't really know. He claims that he gets a note at one point, but they do that scene <laughs> in a way where we don't really believe note, him. By the way, too. Yeah, I know. Well, that's the whole right. thing. Like, you're, you're, it's supposed to seem so weak that, like, oh, it, he must be lying. In the hospital, Julie, Helen, and Ray asking Barry about what happened. It seems like the cops just not that interested. <laughs> They've already left. They're like, eh, who cares? Right. <laughs> we don't need an explanation for whatever happened here. It's fine. Even though it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> Once again, land on this David Egan, and they decide that whoever is stalking them must be a family member of his. Ray looks on out the window. They double down on no cops because now they're convinced that they committed murder and it was not an accident because David died of drowning. And I just was like, hello, the person grabbed the crown from Helen's head. You know he wasn't dead. What are you talking about? You already knew this. This is what drives me nuts, how they refuse to go back to this. I know. Well, they're acting like they're like, oh, my God, he actually died of drowning. So... He was alive when we put him in the water. No fucking kidding. <laughs> of course, spoiler, I mean, it wasn't David Egan anyway, but the, right. the logic doesn't even matter, though. But they're still wrong because they're idiotic. There's some more Julian Ray drama, even at the hospital. She's still not having it. She does a little bit of research using some prehistoric computer. Oh, I know. I love a lot of the research this. stuff this is, we can kind of. It looks like the AOL like, keyword. Just type in, like, AOL keyword David Egan and a million, like, newspaper articles will come up. Yeah. So we find out that David Egan was involved in this car accident one year prior to the events that we saw where our four characters hit somebody in the road. A lot of bad Fourth of Julys in Southport. Yeah. David Egan and his fiancée Susie Willis were in a car accident. Susie died. David was driving. He walks away unharmed. But it seems like it was accidental, just a terrible thing. Logically, Julie reaches the conclusion that he was out there because of that. Right. Sadness on the the one-year anniversary. Yeah. He was probably, like, sitting on a ledge, drinking, like, a bottle of booze, like, staring out in the ocean. That's what (laughs) she was thinking. Flicking a silver thing. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a silver thing. Julie and Helen... Track down David's sister, Missy, played by Anne Heche. I love this trip out to Missy's house. Yeah, this is actually the only scary scene in the entire movie because they actually build up some legitimate tension here right. where you don't really know what's it happening. It is creepy, and I also enjoy... I, I know I spoke to it earlier, but I enjoy the camaraderie between Julie and Helen. I love the Angela Lansbury and Jodie Foster jokes. So they use this broken down car story to come up to the house. What if they're waiting for us? What if they recognize us? They could have a gun, shoot us dead. It's been a year, Helen. They could have done that already. You know, Jody Foster tried this in a skin with a serial killer answered the door. It was a good try. I think breaking and entering to our crime spree. Can I help you? Oh, um, hi. Uh, Our car stalled down the road and we were just wondering if maybe we could use your phone. 
Phone's over there. Oh, thanks. Um, Jody. Will you call AAA? You got it. Angela. I will say Anne Hayes is awesome in this movie, but it almost feels like she's in a completely different oh, movie from everybody else. It almost else. feels like she's in Wild Things for some reason. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting like a lot of different vibes from this house, from her yeah, look. Yeah. Uh, you know that movie with Eliza Dushku, like Wrong, wrong Turn. turn. Yes, <laughs> you yes, know, like some right. sort of evil hillbillies yeah, or something. Yeah. Sling Blade. It turns out that David's death really fucked up the Egan family. Now Missy's the only one left at this house. This does seem like the only segment of time where there's some tension because you don't really know what to make of Missy and the way she's acting. And then these two idiots are asking all of these questions, kind of revealing a lot about themselves unintentionally. And they're asking, it it doesn't feel like they go like pretty far out of town. It almost seems like, yeah, this is far away, but I'm thinking that she says that she went to like the same high school as them. Right. Right. But I don't know. I mean, it just felt like, it's out in the county or this something. The, right. This was the other thing, though. Like, when they talked to her about going to high school, she was like, class of 88. I was like, damn. Ann Hesh, class of 88. Whew. Is that early or late? I don't know. I mean, I was born in 87. That makes sense. Okay. How old you is th- I would assume she's older than that. You're probably right. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like a weird moment in time, though, for me. Well, I graduated in 2002. Yeah. So that would be 14 years older than me. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, I'm seeing Doesn't that. It? Yeah, I think so. Come on. <laughs> Get it together. All right. My name is Missy Egan. Are you girls from Maribel? Oh, Southport. Oh, I went to Southport High. Yeah, I, I knew you looked familiar. What, what year? Uh, class of 88. Your name, Egan. Sounds very familiar. Did you have a, a brother or something? I did, but he was younger than me. David, younger. What class was he? Uh, 92, but he's dead. He died last July. I'm, I'm so sorry. Thanks. Do, do you, uh, do you live alone? <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, well, my dad died a long time ago. My mama, she's in a home, you know, in Aurora, because she didn't take too, too well to what happened with David. Things just haven't been the same since he died. They're on their way. I could, uh, I could make you guys a cup of tea while you're waiting. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. That's, that's nice of you. remember David. He had a friend, right? What was his name? Who? Didn't he hang out with this guy? I mean, they were really close. God, what was his name? Um, oh, I, I, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know too many of David's friends. Oh. But there, there was one guy. One guy. He, he stopped by not too long after David's death, and, and he came to pay his respects. Really? Oh, yeah, he was a really nice guy. He was cute and smart. And... Well, we were, we were sweet on each other for about two minutes. 
but it didn't it didn't work out you know he, he didn't he never really said it but i think it hurt him to be around me where's his old friend now oh i don't i don't know do you remember his name billy did he have a last name blue billy blue well you know what um we should probably wait back in the car no, don't be ridiculous. Why don't you uh, stay? No, I, I don't I don't want to miss AAA. We appreciate the phone. Anytime, you know, I, I don't get too many knocks on my door nowadays. So they find out that David had a friend named Billy Blue who came around asking questions and saying uh, all these things. Billy Blue. Fake name radar not going off at yeah. all if you're fucking Missy. These two clowns <laughs> i mean they don't know what the fuck they're doing out here what did they think was gonna happen coming out here i'm gonna call triple a to come out and jumpstart our car it ends up being too much for julie they go they're like oh we're gonna wait in the car for triple a to come or whatever because she's like crying by the and, way when we saw this in theater legitimate fucking jump scare oh me. yeah it's a legit jump scare having Anne Hayes run back up to the car hey. because they forgot the cigarettes yeah it's the i love thing. that helen smokes oh i know i like that too <laughs> You know, it's the damnest thing that started right up. And they're like, isn't that funny how that always happens like that? And they take off. And then I'm thinking to myself, so in the context of their lie, isn't Missy going to think that a AAA truck is going to like show up at her yeah, house? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Especially considering Julie will end up going back right. later and things get even more ridiculous. Oh, that absolutely. Time. But now we're headed towards, quite honestly, my favorite part. Same. <laughs> I think of the movie. This is so funny to me. Everything that happens. So we get to the Shivers household. First of all... Dad, not interested. Let's talk. Is, this is Helen's dad? This guy? <laughs> he looks like fucking Nick DePaulo. <laughs> and what is this game he's watching? It's a baseball I game know, from like 1981. I was, too, I was like, what year is this game from? He's just watching old tapes right. of baseball games. And Helen ESPN comes in and is like, hi, dad. And he, so, he says nothing. We no sells it. <laughs> Yeah, you get a lot in this brief moment. Right. You get a window into this world, and you're just like, oh, You're God. almost just like, is Helen's life even worth living? <laughs> her dad hates her. Her sister hates her. She fucking Barry hates fell her. Out. Yeah, her whole attempt at New York was just a complete waste. It actually, in a way, adds sympathy to a character that most often in these types of movies would be deserving of no sympathy. Oh, I know. Like the beauty queen bitch yes. who killed a guy and then is so superficial and shitty. But you get this window into her life and you're just like, man, it seems really sad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, dad is just locked in on this game. I mean, she... I mean, look at his two daughters. I, I mean, he's living in hell. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, she just goes to the fridge and gets a Diet Coke then like heads upstairs but before that, undetected, right. the killer sneaks into the house, goes upstairs, and beats her up there, like right as she's turning the corner. And he, he now once she again, see him. when I was certainly younger and watched this movie, I thought this was creepy. I thought that where this all heads is even creepier. But even watching it now, you're just like, well, doesn't this seem like an insanely unnecessary risk for the killer? Yeah, especially since he doesn't do anything other than cut her hair. Right. Like, what is the point of all of this risk? Yeah, I know, because it's like, what if she saw him walk in that room? Clearly, they make Elsa say the line about the hair. Yeah. So is that to mean that that's what gives him the idea? So what was his plan even before she said that? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was just going to write soon on the mirror and lipstick. <laughs> so Helen changes for bed 
but we see nothing while he's in the closet. Imagine how great yeah. this movie would be with look, a though, Sarah sure. Michelle Gellar topless scene right here. <laughs> so I'm telling okay, so Jennifer Love Hewitt on the beach for the sex scene, Sarah Michelle Gellar, like the gratuitous slasher movie nudity here. I mean, yeah, if they could Hall redo, of Fame movie at right, this point. Absolutely. If we have these two scenes. Yeah, they really left a lot on the table with this one. Elsa comes in, she wants Helen to work at the department store. Oh, early she the loves next bossing her around too. Basically, Elsa is running their family store now. Helen works there, but Helen's got to do this stupid croaker queen oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. duties, it's like tradition. hand off the new crown. Right. Yeah, I love how that's. She's just like, I can't be at work tomorrow. It's true. There's nothing I can do. Yeah. <laughs> I love how it's like they'll kill me if I don't go in this parade. <laughs> you know how it is. Right. <laughs> that line though. Yeah. Go ahead. The scene. Yeah, yeah. So when they're talking about this whole thing, because. Helen is looking in the mirror, right. playing with her hair and everything, oh, and Elsa God. just goes, oh, is the washed up, dried out, has been having a moment? Yeah. <laughs> dried out. I know. It's just like, Jesus, she's mean. But I want to know what the story is here, because is there some sort of like, is this just delicious comeuppance? Is Elsa just loving this downfall for some specific reason I that think we maybe don't know about? Elsa did not win. Miss yeah. Croker. Elsa, of course, is like a smoking hot chick, but you oh, get yeah. the idea that she wasn't as cool or popular. Right. I'm thinking. And it really burns her up. I mean, obviously, nothing gets Elsa's pussy wetter than thinking about Helen's failures. Oh, I know. I mean, I just, yeah. I imagine her walking out salivates of over Helen's room right now, and she goes back to her bedroom, and it's like Natalie Portman in Black Swan on her <laughs> bed. Yeah. <laughs> Just like humping her hand, thinking oh, about no. Helen crying and being sad. Yeah, <laughs> she's just that fucked up. It really, nothing is better in her life than Helen not being cool anymore. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she passes out. Helen. She goes is. to sleep. Right now, this is the type of thing, man, that really would creep me out and make me feel uneasy it's creepy I but younger. i mean we're talking about an r-rated slasher movie in that it. scope you're like well nothing happens really you're expecting something to happen and I then all of a sudden it. it's the morning but that is the type of thing that when i was like younger and growing up and stuff, you this, was worried about someone cutting your hair I, no it's just the type of thing that would <laughs> fuck with me the idea of somebody like oh yeah hiding in my closet On, for the yeah night. i mean that's obviously something if it happened in real life would be really how would you even creepy and horrible come to but, terms with that Ooh. In the context of this movie where you're expecting people to be murdered, true, it's like, okay. But what I do like about this, it, for whatever I do find creepy about it, it completely brings me back to Earth when she fucking <laughs> screams and punches the mirror. Oh, yeah, that stinks. Yeah. So Helen wakes up the next morning with a significant amount of her hair chopped off. Additionally, the word soon is written in lipstick on her vanity mirror. This killer loves leaving notes. Right. Obviously. And I guess at this point, the audience has no other alternative but to assume that the killer is waiting for the actual anniversary to strike. And as we pointed out, this seems like a big risk. I think so. Because he's already announced himself. He's already freaked everybody out. Yeah, he's getting The logical a... move is to get out of town. Right. And run away. Run away. Or I mean, he is kind of giving them the chance to counter in some way. Yeah. He could have already killed all of them. He had the upper hand, yeah. Instead, he's announcing himself. Right. Helen calls Julie. Julie races to Helen. All of a sudden, there's a noise in her trunk. She pulls over, opens the trunk, discovery of Max. Right. Crabs crawling out of his mouth. There's I millions really, of crabs. I was going to say, I think I wrote this down. 
an insane amount of crap. Disgusting. It's a so disgusting scene in yeah. this trunk. So she just like slams the trunk shut and runs away. Oh well, pulls over. I was thinking to myself, whose yard is this? Yeah, she just pulls on the all the way into the yard. <laughs> Somebody's gonna walk out and be like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, hey, asshole! Yeah. <laughs> and then just walks the rest of the way to Helen's house. So yeah, she returns with Helen and Barry, and then all of a sudden Max's body and everything else in the trunk is gone, completely clean. Yeah, no sign that anything was there. This is the literally impossible. Now, and it's broad daylight in the yeah, middle yeah. of a street now, where houses are. I mean, what? <laughs> when she opens this trunk and freaks out, a truck drives by. Yes. That's the killer in it. Is it? I think so. It's a guy wearing a hat, and it kind of looks like the similar type deal as when you see the killer in just the, not the slicker. So you're saying he drives by, she runs away, he circles back. Yeah. Still, I mean, you're leaving traces. You're leaving traces. Plus, like I said, it's the middle of the day, and you're on a street. No one sees this guy pulling a dead body and crabs out of the back of a trunk. Come on. It's insane. To me, that's another moment, just like when he grabs the crown. Where you're just like, what, what are we doing here? This doesn't make any sense I anymore. Know, right. I get that you're trying to be scary and do horror movie things, but I mean, there has to be a little bit of logic. You yeah, can't just I throw can't it out the window. That much disbelief. So they come back, big dramatic moment. Julie in the street. What are you waiting for? I think when we saw this in the theater, people were like applauding to this or something. There was definitely like a pretty big. You mean recently? Yeah, like this moment. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, the crowd was popping for the, what are you waiting for, huh? Ironically popping? Yeah, well, oh. like, cheering that moment, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is a moment designed for the trailer. Right. Obviously. It doesn't even really fit her character to do this. It's almost out of character. to just Emoting suddenly... way too much, yeah. I'm sure he was dead. Don't ask me that again. He was dead, okay? I saw him with these, with these crabs. Do it. No, don't, don't even. He was there, goddammit, and he was wearing your jacket, Barry. Where'd he go? Did the crabs carry him away? I I swear to God, I believe you, Julie. He took the body. He came here. He took the body. Why would he do that? I don't know, Barry. Okay, why would he try to run you over? Why did he make coleslaw on Helen's head? He's fucking with us. Come on, Julie. Let's go back to the house. Where's your jacket, Barry? Don't you see? He's got us now. Okay, this is exactly what he wants. We can't go to the police. Not now. He's made sure of that. He's just out there, and he's watching us and waiting. What are you waiting for, huh? What are you waiting for? The three of them are like, well, let's confront Ray because Ray seems suspicious to us now. Because he's the only one that hasn't really had anything horrible happen to him. Right. And when they're walking up to Ray, Barry just punches him in the face. <laughs> I do Which like, is a metaphor for their entire relationship, really. Yeah, I know. Right before this happens, though, in the what are you waiting for scene, I do love how Barry kind of like still refuses to believe that something fucked up is going on. To a degree. Even though he was almost run over. Because he's not buying Julie's story. Yeah, Well, he hates Julie so much. I know. And then she has to even, because she saw Barry's jacket on Max's dead body. She's like, where's your jacket, Barry? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and he has nothing to say. 
Well, I do feel like there's a whole backstory. I mean, there's so much potential for backstory. There's Elsa and Helen. Obviously, there's a lot. Right. Oh, yeah. There's whatever's going on with their dad. Something weird. Really bad, I think. <laughs> really bad. Yeah. And then, where's where's your mom, Helen? <laughs> she has no answer. Right. And then there's obviously a backstory between Barry and Julie where, like, Julie shut him down before he dated Helen or something. Oh, yeah. There's something there. Like, he always he wanted to date a smart chick. hates her yeah. so much. <laughs> it goes beyond just, like, him being annoyed by her or whatever. There's pure hatred. <laughs> <laughs> so they're confronting Ray, but Ray claims he also received a note. But it's not convincing. And, yeah. again, this is setting you up for thinking that I'm it's going to be, like, like Scream. I, can we get a look at this note? <laughs> yeah, they never show it. Now that it's finally the fourth, the four of them realize that whatever is supposed to happen will happen that day, likely. Right. Julie is going back to see Missy again to try and figure out the identity of Billy Blue. Now, this is suspicious and also doesn't make a ton of sense. Because if Ray actually cares about Julie, then he would be concerned that she's putting herself in jeopardy by doing all of these things. At the very least, even if he doesn't want to say it in front of Helen and Barry, he could pull her aside and be like, I'm Billy Blue. Yeah. And try to explain it. it Don't go back there. He Don't wouldn't come clean do this. Here. But he says nothing, and she's just like, I'm going to go do this. Is this all because he's worried that if she finds out that he fucked Missy, that it's going to ruin his chances? I don't know. I, I, that's how they act at the end of the movie. Minutes, <laughs> yeah. Which is, I don't know what all yeah. that entails, but. Yeah, which is weird because Missy seems like she's like older, but I think you know, so. whatever. Yeah, class '88. Yeah, they were class of '96. So eight years. Yep. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's why he doesn't say anything. Either that, or they just revealed that they're suspicious of him, and that would make them more suspicious. I guess could be. Yeah. So he doesn't want that. I don't know. But I do feel like he's got kind of a legitimate story here. I, I saw know. the David Egan thing in the paper. I went to pay my respects. I was hurting over Julie, dumping my ass, and this chick was putting it out there, so I went for it. Okay? <laughs> Meanwhile, Helen and Barry are going to go to the parade as normal and try to spot the killer, which really doesn't seem like the this best or smartest is plan. is half-baked as fuck. Yeah, I mean, I didn't even really include in my notes what happens at the parade, but you know, they see a bunch of different guys. Barry chases down one guy. It turns out to be an old guy. And Horrible. Stupid. Him. Yeah. And then the actual killer, like, is up on a balcony, which Helen sees, but... Never they, really comments about. Yeah, they can't really... Well, Barry's gone at that point, because yeah, he went know, to chase down like, the other guy. They do... I know. Yeah. Ray really doesn't do anything. I guess he's just panicking. I do enjoy Julie's return trip to the house, though. Yeah, that's simultaneous to the parade. So, yeah. Okay, go ahead. Arrives at the house. Do you have a note about this? The song? Where did you sleep last night? Oh, yeah. the, yeah. the it's, It seems like the original. The original, Led but of Belly course one. made famous by the uh, Nirvana cover at the Unplugged right. show. Now, this time back at Missy's, there's even more of a Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe going on. Yes. And I was like, this seems too weird. Like, this house is weird. And I was looking it up, and it is the same house that was later used in The Conjuring. Oh, really? Believe it or not. Wow. Okay. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. So... An ideal horror house, yeah, but they definitely sure. play up the hillbilly angle. With they really like, want you to be afraid of Missy. Her shed is frightening. She's like cutting. I thought it was just like a bunch of fish, but it's also like, what's the practicality of this here? I know it's a fishing <laughs> town. It's a, it's a quaint fishing town. Right. 
But it feels like she lives far enough away from town that she wouldn't be going out and getting fish and bringing them back to the house and cutting them up. She's probably buying them. Yeah, I guess, but it's like... I don't know. It just doesn't feel like... Well, we don't really get the fucking Herbie? map quest mileage. I mean, it might not be that far. Okay, I, whatever is going on with it, this it could still also up, it could be up or south. Like it could still be close to the coast. You're right. You're right. It and have they to show be a in. little bit of water outside in the background. <laughs> I don't. She's know catching fish pond. in a stream. Yeah, <laughs> there is something that does creep me out about her just like living out here in this house by herself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know that independent women creep you out. You've said yeah, that but before. this is a, just a weird house for anyone to live at by themselves. <laughs> Missy reveals that her brother David actually committed suicide, and much to Julie's surprise, she has a note. Now, this is so insane, and again, this is another part that really makes you wonder what is going on with the thought process behind this. Oh, yeah. It's just like, okay, I'm just going to show this random girl who supposedly was only ever here at my house in the first place because her car broke down, my deceased brother's private suicide note. Now, obviously, sure. it's only one sentence, but still, whatever it is, it could be anything. It, if you're saying that this is your brother's suicide note, why would you show this to a stranger? I do agree. I will say this suicide note, I, I would be suspicious of this. It yeah, I know. Strange. I know. It's so stupid. So the note says, I will never forget last summer. It's written in the same style, same handwriting, although no exclamation point. Right. He wasn't as excited back then. (laughs) Julie realizes that it's not a suicide note, but a death threat. Which is a weird thing to announce. And this is confirmed (laughs) by the tattoo confusion. Because she still thinks, Julie is kind of slow, because she... She doesn't really get it all at once, because at first she still thinks that they hit David, even though they know that the person sent David a note that is sending them notes. Plus, don't because she says, oh, we hit him. We hit him. And she's like, no, he was. Oh, they're at the house and they see pictures of David. And I know that they play this whole angle up of, well, the guy we hit, his face was all bloody. We couldn't really see. I'm sorry. I know. You can tell that guy is old as hell compared to the pictures of David. I know. And for the audience at this point, if they're remembering the kid sitting on the cliff, if they're making that connection that that's David, they're realizing... Oh, yeah. The audience clearly sees him underwater, like, face, eyes wide open. Well, yeah. We know that the guy on the cliff sitting there is not the same guy that was in the water. Yeah. So if we're to believe that the guy on the cliff is David, and we probably should make that connection when we bring up the whole Susie story then we know that it's not David already. We know that they never hit David, in other words. So she says, no, we hit David. He had a tattoo of Susie on his arm, and Missy's like, no, he didn't have a tattoo. And then she's finally just like, get the fuck out of here. (laughs) Like, who are you? What is happening? Which should have been done in the first place. I never should have showed you my fucking brother's suicide note. (laughs) That was a mistake. Yeah. Now we're at the 1997 Croker Queen beauty pageant. Helen has to hand over her crown to the new winner, and for some reason, this means she has to sit on the stage and for watch the whole fucking yeah. thing? Like, what is happening? The f- I do enjoy about this scene, it almost feels like the whole thing with Barry happens a little too quick here for me, like, with, with all the build to the movie. But I do enjoy, right before the last sequence with Barry here, how they have that girl singing, and <laughs> yeah. Helen is making that look. She says, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not one great. one last joke. Right before a fucking big moment here. Yeah, Barry's going to watch from the balcony, which turns out to be a mistake. I th- also, Yeah, it feels like a bad plan. Yeah. I he- mean, he's isolated. She's 
if anything, way more protected on the stage, surrounded by people. I know. Okay. Helen witnesses Barry's violent murder up there and freaks out, causes a scene. Everyone's stopping her for some reason. I know. <laughs> Which I guess is more believable back then. Just the idea of like these adult men like This woman putting... is screaming, someone needs to <laughs> stop her. Yeah, well, just the idea of like men adult men putting their hands on her and like physically stopping her yeah, from yeah. doing it just seemed very strange, but I guess it would be more believable at that point. I don't think in twenty nineteen that would be what people would do. That but seems very again, weird. This just seems like a hard situation to sneak in and out of if you're the killer. I know, especially with a body. Right. Which he must have take. a secret exit. Yeah, yeah. So they go up there. She finally gets people to go up there. And by the time they do, there's no sign of Barry or the killer. So the police are just like, LOL. She's a woman. <laughs> Shut what, up, she doesn't Helen. know what she's talking yeah. about. <laughs> so they give a police escort home for Helen. It's like, where's her dad? They couldn't call her dad for yeah. this? I do think, and I, again, I, I think Sarah Michelle Geller is good in this moment playing kind of like the shocked because it is like everything has kind of gone along and then it's just like oh shit barry was just fucking murdered in front of me and i'm the only person that knows yeah but she's still cracking jokes because she I calls like. this guy like a mayberry yeah, wannabe yeah. or right. something and yeah and i do think the cop is definitely annoyed by her but he's definitely i mean she basically could say whatever the fuck she wants and he doesn't flip out what's he gonna do yeah true the fisherman killer lures the cop out of the car and then kills him too this is something i was trying to figure out too so we have the barricade in the road you know is this from leftover from the parade or did the no the, i think the killer set this all up okay. to get the cop to turn down there i know he's thinking way, way ahead. ahead yeah so many steps gets the guy to cut out of the car by having his car act like it's blocking the way and it's broken down or something right. i'd love to know the then, last thought going through his head as the killer stabs him in the stomach she was right. Yeah. No, he was probably thinking, that fucking bitch, <laughs> blaming her for this. Well, yeah, if she hadn't <laughs> screamed, maybe I wouldn't have, you know, lowered my guard here. <laughs> well, no, it's just like she got him into it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so Helen is now trapped in the back of the cop car. Not for long, though. I, well, I this mean, is the greatest moment in the history of film. Is it? Wow. Sarah Michelle Gellar kicks out the window rather easily. It's those calves, you know. <laughs> She's kicking out of I a know. cop car. Right. <laughs> Something that I'm sure has been tried. It's like, who is she? Jean Claude Van Damme? <laughs> some of the best crazy meth head criminals have attempted to kick their way out of the back of a but cop Sarah car. But Sarah Michelle Geller in bare feet. Basically, like, by the. Yeah. <laughs> Two seconds. Now it's basically a chase in the streets through downtown. Helen manages to make it to her family's department store. Elsa putting in some late hours. But all this really does is get her bitch sister killed. So poor Elsa. There's a decent moment with the store mannequins covered in plastic that's kind uh, of scary. Yeah, this was a jump this was the other jump scare for me. But this You whole know it's there, it's obvious, but Yeah, but it's still pretty good. And Helen looks unbelievable here, which makes you wonder, does she look better with the short hair now? I was mulling it over, yeah. As long as she's not wearing that hat, which that little moment where she's like kind of like crying and disheveled right before he comes at her out at like when he's covered in plastic like yeah. the mannequins. I mean, she looks really good. I'll say that. Yeah. I'll put that down. But, you know, this But is this a- death sequence, I mean, it goes on forever compared to Barry who we didn't even really get to see very much so of. Quick, yeah. I do enjoy this sequence. I love how it ends. 
I, I really enjoy. I don't, and I, well, I'll explain why okay. in a minute. It, it's stupid. <laughs> Eventually, I think it's fun, man. she's caught in an alley, but her screams are drowned out by another fucking parade. They already this had a parade. I agree. This is stupid. What time of night is this? Yeah, I know. <laughs> Before that happens, parade, you're like, this must be like midnight. They parade to the pageant, and then there's a parade after the pageant. <laughs> this is so stupid. Where they go somewhere where anyone of any I don't buy this to... at all. No, there's I, just another yeah, parade happening. Just, where were all these people five seconds ago? The streets were silent. I know, but I like... <laughs> I do like the way it's shot, though, where it's just like you have this intense chase sequence and then she like gets around the corner and it's kind of quiet. And then like the fireworks go off and you're like, oh, we're almost to people like she'll right. be all right. Yeah, it's a good tease. And I think it's an effective way to do it. But like the logic within oh, the movie, insane. you're like, why is there another parade? Well, and by the way, how did he get like all the way around yeah, and like ahead of her? It doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's like your typical slasher logic of him yeah, just yeah. being there. But like the idea that there's another parade at like eleven thirty at night or oh, whatever. Oh, I know. It's like come on. But they let's be real seen. though. Rough twenty minutes for the Shivers household. I absolutely I mean, think about that. Yeah, news. how does dad recover from this? <laughs> well, let's think about it. Maybe she he's freed now. <laughs> His burden. Dad was actually the killer. That would be great. <laughs> We really don't know what's going on with their family. They don't. I don't think they ever really talk about her mom, right? No, I don't think so. Assuming that we just know it's not Elsa good. and Helen had two parents. Whew, that's fucking dark. I think so. That's like an interesting way that you could approach a horror movie. I think that hasn't really been done before. Like the reality of what happened. Like the opening of the movie could be the slasher movie all done very quickly, and True. then it's just like the reality of what would happen after those events. You know what I mean? Yeah. If this was a real thing that happened, I mean, her parents would probably kill themselves. Or oh, something. I, I mean, it's so. just like, yeah. it's so horrible. So our band of heroes has now gone from four to two pretty quickly. Here. Correct. Julie, using an ancient version of the internet, somehow <laughs> puts it all together that Susie's father, Ben Willis, is actually who they hit with the car right after he murdered David Egan. So how convenient is this? They didn't hit an innocent person. They hit a murderer. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Oh, well, this th- th- they're does, not bad people yeah, then. And you do start <laughs> questioning, like, what actually did the David Egan murder entail? Like, was he following him he put, up to the cliff? I think just the idea is, like, he edge? pushes him off or something. Yeah. But I guess he landed in water and not the rocks. True. Because they, he died of an accidental drowning. Yeah. It looked like when he was sitting on that cliff that there were rocks below. Oh, yeah, I'd say so. I don't know. We don't see it, so who knows. So Julie can't find Helen, obviously, so she goes to the docks to tell Ray instead. And when she gets there, she what sees that- What is Ray doing down at the docks at this time living, by himself? Basically. Yeah. I think he just lives there. I guess so. She finds out that Ray's boat is called Billy Blue, so she panics and runs. Ray chases her. Then Ben appears, his identity unknown to Julie, and he knocks out Ray. Now, this is a hilarious moment where Ben is just like, Easy child. Easy child. That got like a huge laugh. Oh, I know. Yeah, people were in on that. It's such a strange thing to say because she doesn't look like a child. (laughs) I'll tell you that. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just like, Go get on my boat. Yeah. Oh, God. So he somehow gets Julie to hide on his boat. Julie. What the Stupid. fuck? Like, um, 
And to this point, you're like, Julie is the hero of the movie. She's figuring this all out. She's doing everything. Yeah, except she's... I, and then she does this bonehead I move. know, and the way that this plays, she goes into the room, and she sees these pictures... Yes. ...of them. Now, yes. before I finish, I also want to say that this was something that creeped me out when I was younger. The idea of him watching them gets these pictures of, like, these scenes where, like, the three of them, you know, it's a lot of Barry, Helen, and julie like, right fighting <laughs> and putting things together and it's like the idea that he's there this whole time like that really would creep me out when i was younger it's like she's looking at these pictures and she's just realizing how many times barry right. was screaming at her and she's like oh my god but and when you watch it you're like okay she gets it now she knows that this guy's the killer yeah but not really it's not at this see moment. i don't know i mean this is all like kind of a mess this whole sequence i know he does reveal himself to her, but it, it doesn't seem like she gets truly <laughs> frightened until... Yeah, he's like, you kids should be having fun. It's the 4th of July. Partying. Drinking. Running, running people, people over. over. <laughs> Getting Hilarious. away with murder. <laughs> On the boat, Ben has a bunch of articles, pictures, and whatnot. I think it's not just them. There's stuff about Susie, a lot oh, of Susie yeah, material, sure. and David, and then the four of those ass clowns that he ran them over. But he comes on to the boat, and so they're having like a face-to-face almost right away, and the boat starts pulling away from the dock. Oh, and this at this point, I'm like... Can she not swim? It, it, exactly. It feels close enough that it's worth jumping. She has in. a lot of opportunities to jump off the boat when it's still like right there. Right. They needed to establish that she was like either afraid of water or couldn't stupid. swim. Yeah. <laughs> or stupid. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't really make sense. They're pulling away. Let me might as well say it. I mean... It, I definitely enjoy this movie. I've been, you know, making fun of it a lot and saying certain parts are terrible. But it's all fun. But I actually don't like any of this. And I wish they would just have shot a completely different ending. All of this boat material sucks to me. It's just not good. Right. Plus, they make this Uh, killer guy seem like a doofus. He says the worst generic killer lines i agree with this i like most of this movie up through the helen death but yeah this whole last part it feels like some cheesy adventure ending like it's not even like a horror movie it it just seems really dumb yeah and they're doing this like this long chase on this boat which is already like i I don't know it's not really a a showdown like the boat's so big they're just like oh my god don't even get me started on the boat so okay (laughs) first giant ice chamber ray commandeers a motorboat he drives up he's arriving to Even save though Ray the day does have his own boat well a motorboat's faster okay i mean come on all right helen and barry are discovered on ice under the boat there's like all this ice i mean the below deck of this boat is enormous it's like the basement i know in the silence exactly of the Lambs. what i was thinking which they also reference in this movie it, this boat but. i mean the boat doesn't seem that big when they're on deck i mean it's big but i mean the I know, below deck the, seems yeah, like it goes area, on for miles. Just the ice area is huge. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's for fish. Yeah, it must be. But he has Helen and Barry there. I mean, they didn't use real ice. I think it was like gelatin or something. Because, I mean, that would have been pretty rough for JLH okay. to shoot those scenes. So trying the two to go bodies that she sees in there is Helen and Barry. Yes. For some reason, I think I've watched this movie a bunch of times always thinking that. But this time around, it looked like two chicks to me. I don't know why. Barry was looking very Elsa-esque. <laughs> I think he left Elsa where she was, but I'm not sure. Because yeah. remember, his Julie sees... Or I mean... Helen sees Hel- her Helen sees Elsa. Yeah. I don't know. 
But that, what was Elsa's the, death is like the only one that really even has blood, right? Which was something the director like didn't even want to do. I I love how they hire these guys to do horror movies and then they they don't want to like do blood and stuff. Which that is, is so strange. Weird. This Gillespie guy, I talked about how successful this movie was financially. He didn't direct anything until like five years later, and it was like some Stallone movie called like I see you or oh, wow. i don't even know what it was called it was something i never even heard of he's only directed like two movies since this oh that's strange very bizarre career i don't know what was going on so what do you think the killer's motivation was though to just take the of the people he's killed why just these two bodies i know it's the two from the group but i, I, just, I don't know yeah. there's no reason right for any of this ray eventually uses the boat's rigging to sever Ben's hand because he gets it caught when he was trying to like swing the hook to kill Julie, which is so cheesy and terrible. Yeah, it's stupid. So he and gets pulled up in the rigging, his hand gets cut off, and then he like, goes overboard. Yeah, our killer just seems like a real dope at this point when he starts getting carried through the air by this thing. He's like, ah. <laughs> But yeah, well, of course, now it fits in with the urban legend because now he's got his hand cut off, and obviously you can put a hook there. Sure. But we like we he, he just—that's it. He gets his hand cut off and then goes into the ocean. It's like, oh yeah, he's definitely dead this time. It's like, what? They don't even act like there's a possibility that he could be alive. They're I know, idiots. I agree with you, but it is like they ha- seem like they have to be so far out at sea at this point. No, not really. He hits the motor at one point. They're I not think. as far out as Jaws. Well, that's true. <laughs> Julie and Ray play dumb with the cops. These are supposed to be our heroes, but they're basically, the message is, well, this guy did a bad thing, so it's okay that we hit him well, and then try to dump him into the ocean. Well, don't they each other, too? Oh, it turns out we never should have felt guilty because yeah, he was a Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's like, no, that's not how this yeah, but, works. Yeah, but guess what? You hit a guy, and then you tried to dump the body. He was clearly still alive. I know. So yeah. it's basically still attempted murder. Right. <laughs> it's, it's insane. I know. The morality of this is just, that's why they jump through all these hoops to make it seem like, well, this guy deserved it. So it's fine that this happened. It's like, well, no, that they didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. They still made this decision to do something terrible. Oh, God. And the, Okay, so in the book, they hit a kid and they kill the kid. And they dump the body. Or no, they don't even dump the body. They anonymously call an ambulance. Okay. And they just run away. It's like a hit and run. Yeah. But one of them feels bad. I don't know. Probably Julie. It's one of the chicks. And they buy like yellow flowers for the funeral or something and send them anonymously. But the older brother tracks down who bought the flowers and then figures it out. And the older brother is the person that sends the note and then tries to kill them or whatever. Gotcha. But- I think Barry gets shot, but doesn't die, and he tries to kill the other ones, but is pretty much unsuccessful. Wow. And then the end of the book is like, well, I guess we're going to have to tell the truth about what happened, and so they're probably going <laughs> to probably gonna go to jail like a wow. lot, All right. or something. I don't know. It's interesting because like they do this thing because it's a book, and the reader can't see what the person looks like. The older brother, who's the one that's stalking them, basically plays two different people two different characters like to helen he's this guy that lives in the building and he goes by one name and i think to julie he's like dating her oh wow and he's a completely different name yeah and so they never see you know obviously the characters never see the other person or whatever now. yeah i mean i don't know I, I had to read a 
thing online to get refreshed on all this. Yeah. But once I was reading it, I was like, yeah, school. I kind of remember this. Yeah. <laughs> After they play dumb, we skip ahead. Back at college is We do have one Julie. last great bit of dialogue between the two, though. Go ahead. No one gets me the way you do. I feel your pain. Yeah, that was, they say that at the beginning, too, yeah, on the yeah. beach. Yeah, it's thanks. <laughs> it's terrible. It really does. So they uh, evidently can get back together now. And Julie goes back to college, and she's walking around in a Just towel. Just a towel. Looking good. Imagine how great this movie would be what, if like we got most? another Jennifer Love Hewitt topless scene here to close it out. <laughs> I mean, 97... Come on, this would have outperformed Titanic at the box oh, office absolutely. if you would have gotten JLH at the beginning, SMG halfway through, another JLH at the end. Right, masterpiece. <laughs> this is maybe the greatest movie of all time I'm putting together mentally. Do you th- feel like this is what most like female dorm no. showers look like? This is not even the original ending. They filmed this when she was back working on Party of Five on like a sound stage by herself. Oh wow! They originally had her like get an email. That said, I still know. Oh, it was no. the worst. Well, this is better than that. Yeah, so she's walking around in this towel. You don't really even see anybody else. You see, like, the shadow of another person. One of the other girls, like, talking to her or whatever. Yeah. And she gets, like, a note, and the note is a fake out. But then she goes back in, and then there's, like, fake steam. Because it's, like, written a crazy so mess. perfectly yeah. on there. And it never, it doesn't even look like real condensation on the glass. Like, it doesn't look real at all. Right, it looks right. like, you know, white shit was sprayed on there, and then they, like, you know, yeah. almost like snow or something. It says, I still know. And then he crashes through. It's very similar to the end Credits. of Nightmare on Elm Street. Yep. You almost want like that Pet cemetery like kicks in with like the music right there. Like, da-na-na-na. you know, like <laughs> yeah. something like right into it. And I the, don't want to be bad. The end credits music is not great. It doesn't kick right in with like a guitar riff or something like right after the glass shatters. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with it you. It could have been better. I don't love this. Yeah, and it obviously it sets up the sequel, which would come out the next year, called I Still Know wow. What You Did Last Summer, which would I bring back JLH and yeah. Freddie Prinze Jr., and then, who was it, Brandy and... Mackay Pfeiffer. Yeah, I didn't see it. Saw it, loved it. No, it's it's certainly It actually not. did okay as well. I mean, the budget was a little higher, and it made less, so, I mean, the actual it's, profit was less, like, you know. The premise is crazy way crazier than this ben willis back in the mix obviously yeah same guy they brought yeah, the same guy absolutely back. he has a son oh my god <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy man the premise is uh they win a radio contest yeah to like, go to like the bahamas or something yeah yeah but it's off season so it's like hurricane season it just like <laughs> rains every day and they filmed it in mexico i think from what i was reading okay but different director, different screenwriter, everything is different. Yeah. Seemed like just a cash grab. And they build in this whole other backstory at this hotel, I think, around this Ben Willis character that he had, like, a wife or something that was, like, murdered in this hotel. That they're still, Oh, like, my God. I, I, I'm telling you, it's yeah, I know. There's more to it. It's crazy. <laughs> I know what you did last summer didn't get great reviews, but I still know what you did obviously got way worse. Oh, yeah. And then in 2006, I didn't realize it was that long after. Yeah, I don't know. It wasn't on my radar. They came out with, I'll always know what you did last summer. I think when it came out, it was one of those things where I, I like saw the DVD. Yeah, I remember that title. Yeah. 
And so I was like, oh, they made a third one. But uh, completely really unrelated, right? Yeah. Completely different story, unrelated, straight to DVD. Don't know anything about it. Didn't see it. Now, as so often is the case when we do episodes on this show, news oh, this is will crazy. break. I know. This was an episode that we had been planning to do for a while. I think we saw the movie back in June. That's right. Once we saw it, we were ready to do this episode. We just didn't get to it Put till it now. Put it in the list, yeah. In the meantime, on July 26th, 2019, it was announced that Amazon will develop a television series with original producer Neil H. Moritz, who also produces oh, yeah. all of the Fast and the Furious movies. All right. He's a big-time producer. And James Wan. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, you said Director okay. of both the first two Conjurings, the first two Insidiouses, Furious 7, and a bunch of other shit, including Aquaman. He's also producing, and it's going to have a its pilot written by a guy named Shay Hatton, or a girl, I don't know. I'm in I don't know it. anything about it, but they just won't ever let anything die. I hope it's better than the Scream series. I didn't mind the first couple episodes of the Scream series, but it gets very boring after a while. Okay. And it's limited because it's on regular TV. Yeah, yeah. It's on MTV. I'm assuming since James Wan is involved, I'm not a fan of everything he does, but he's oh, pretty yeah. legitimate. And the fact that it's on Amazon, that this is going to be like an R-rated show. That would be fun. We'll get those boobs. Jennifer we never Love Hewitt. I'd love <laughs> if JLH is in Absolutely. this. Absolutely. Oh my God, please. I'm sure she won't be. Or if she is, she won't be the same character. She'll be like someone's mom or something. Right. <laughs> but anyway, any final thoughts on I Know What You Did Last Summer? I don't think so, man. Uh, I'm glad we did this one, though. It was kind of a weird thing to throw in because it's a horror movie, but I, I do enjoy it. I feel like, you know, obviously Summer is in the title. Yes. So, you know, and I guess it, this is kind of the. It, 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 although it did come out in October. Okay. When yeah. it was released. But yeah, it's a very 4th of July summer related story Absolutely. to me. Absolutely. So I guess this was like a little bit of a early taste of Sure. Yeah. Our big time of the year. Yeah. So So I'd like to introduce a new segment oh, to that's the right. show. Yeah. I forgot about <laughs> Hopefully this. I stick with this. Sometimes I'll I'll do things and then never do it again, but I'm going to do Still a new a thing segment. called oh, Well, it doesn't have a name. It's <laughs> 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 just going to be recommendations. Okay. So this week's recommendations, I have two. I don't think you have any because you didn't know about this. That's true. But Maybe I'm sure we'll agree on one of them, Okay, my second one. The first one is a television show I just started watching called In the Dark. Okay. Am familiar, have not watched. It's a CW show. It aired from April to June of this past year, its first season, 13 episodes. It was renewed for a second season, but it is now available on Netflix so anybody could watch it. And it's basically the story... <laughs> Of this blind girl who tries to solve her friend's murder. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's okay. really hard to explain. I'm interested. And it stars a, a, an actress named Perry Matfeld, who is super attractive. She plays, like, the lead. Oh, good for her. And I was familiar with her because she had a very minor role on some of the later seasons of Shameless. I mean, she was only in a few episodes. Okay. But I knew who she was. So I was interested. It's kind of funny. It's not a perfect show. I mean, there's tons of dumb shit that happens on it. And obviously, it's on the CW. I didn't know this until I was writing these notes. It was created by this woman named Corinne Kingsbury, who I had no idea who that was. So I look her up on IMDb, and I'm looking at her picture, and I'm like, she looks familiar to me. 
what do I know her from? I look at her credits. <laughs> One thing jumps out as an actress. She was in the movie Old School. Now, who does she play in Old School? Well... She plays one of the two chicks that does the KY wrestling oh, who takes right. her top off when Blue dies. She created this show. Wow, nice. <laughs> and she used to be married to Marissa's dad from the OC. Oh, yeah. Jimmy. Right. And now she's married to the lead kid from Freaks and Geeks. Is it Tate Donovan? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She used to be married to Tate Donovan. Now she's married to the lead kid from Freaks and Geeks. <laughs> oh, boy. Who was also on Bones. But anyways, executive producers Ben Stiller, Michael Showalter, which is, both were surprising to see because, I mean, it's a fairly serious show. I mean, there's humor in it, but it's not like a comedy at all. Okay. I enjoy it. I'm not done with the first season yet. Now, the second recommendation, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Wow. The ninth film from Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I thought we were going to talk about this on something else. Well, yeah, we're going to talk about this in detail. I know everyone's waiting for our reaction. It's really That's setting true. the world on fire. Yeah, yeah. What is the greatest up. moments? Think about it. Actually, I got a text and an Instagram message about this. I saw the Instagram yeah. one. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Quentin Tarantino. We saw it. I've seen it twice. I'm probably going to see it a third time. That's That should be an indication of what we think about it. <laughs> it uh, sucks. <laughs> so, yes, in a future episode coming up soon, we will give more of our thoughts on that. So this is your opportunity to go see it while it's in theaters. It's a great experience. It's really a special movie to come out in the summer. It's not really your typical summer movie, I think. It feels more like awards season to me yeah that's true you don't usually have this like much thought and debate going on about a big summer movie yeah but here we are and it i recommend feel, everyone see it it does feel perfect for the heart of summer though too just the yeah and it coincides it. with the 50th anniversary right. which i was right around now next All week right. i guess well i like those recommendations yeah so hopefully i'll remember to do it i probably won't do it on give us a seconds or anything like that but the main ups i'll try to have two recommendations okay so obviously some of the recommendations will be older things yeah i mean it can't all be two new things oh sure <laughs> but uh we'll see how that goes yeah all right i'll go ahead and do mine this week and i'll just go with what i watched most recently the before trilogy okay i feel like was it richard linklater's birthday recently or something yes okay yeah so if you have the criterion three pack i'm sure you can find them streaming somewhere i would think yeah I do enjoy those movies, though. You know, you could definitely consider it pretentious bullshit, but I enjoy it. And Who doesn't I, love a little pretentious? I bullshit, actually think I, I, you know, I think the movies get progressively better. You think the third is the best? It's my favorite to watch. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll keep that in mind. I haven't watched them. I gotta. Dig I mean, in. it's you know, dialogue heavy, and it's just a dude and a chick talking to each other for like an entire movie. Yeah. So you know, that's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> the third one is like the last, I don't know, 30 minutes of it is like this huge fight between the two. Mm -hmm. And I just love it. I'm like, yes, this is what we The only thing that bums about. me out a little bit is Criterion released this really cool box set for the trilogy, but I'm fairly certain that they're probably going to make another one at some point. Okay. Yeah. I've heard that. Yeah, that will probably happen. But, you know, whatever. So okay. you have another one or no? Just mm, one. I only came prepared with one this week. All right. So since I didn't know about the segment, 
<laughs> That'll do it for I Know What You Did Last Summer. Stay tuned for episode 150. I think it'll be pretty cool, hopefully. I guess we should say that we're going to try to stick to the release schedule as regular and as normal as we can, but I guess we should put out there that there's a possibility that some of the episodes will be later than usual or whatever. A little bit of traveling going on. I mean, for the most part, we're we're always going to stick to the, the similar schedule that we've always done, but... I'm just putting it out there that yeah. we're headed towards a busy time period. If you where don't see something in your feed a on a Sunday, that's don't why you got to subscribe. Yeah, people, it's a good point. On Apple Podcasts, just subscribe though. You don't need to worry about what day it'll just exactly. show up for you. And rate and review too. <laughs> yeah, give us a rating and review. Follow us on Twitter at Greatest Pod, and we will see you next time. They'll nail my ass. That's not true. Are you kidding? Look at me. I'm drunk as shit. I'm fucked. No. Come on.
Listen to yourselves. No, we are going to the police. We don't have time for your shit. You understand? We gotta move fast. Hey, let's try to stay calm. God, come on, Barry. It's not too late. You shut up. Just shut up. Christ already, I'll do it. It is now merely a future therapy bill, agreed? Ellie! Don't you noise your head, you fucking say it! We take this to our grave! Let me hear it! Let it go, Barry! You fucking say it. How do you know this is even related? You did a lot of things last summer. Yeah, well, only one murder comes to mind. You shut the hell up! Yeah, what? Ow! Look, you shit, we got your little letter. What the hell are you talking about? Don't fuck with me, Max! You saw us that night. Help me! Help me! Somebody! I said we find the fuck who's doing this and have a little one-on-one. -on -one. What, like last night, Bear? Fuck you! No! What are you doing here? I've been looking everywhere for you guys. You're gonna die. Hey! Oh. 